Hey everybody, it's James Lindsay. You're listening to New Discourses Bullets, and this is where I give you a quick bullet point summary of a single topic out of woke Marxism or related to woke Marxism that you need to know so that we can stop it, so that we can win, so that we can beat it. And uh, it's kind of an issue that comes up a lot. I want to talk about the structure of cults. Um, there's kind of a big debate while I'm sitting here recording this, what is woke? And I guess I could do a podcast. I could do a bullet on what does, what's the definition of woke short answer. It's critical consciousness. That's it. That's it. I know it's a big word. What does that mean? It means that you see that there are uh, so-called dehumanizing forms like systemic racism, sexism. You see the structural nature of reality, as they put it. In other words, that our lives are actually determined and contoured by systemic racism, sexism, uh, transphobia, homophobia, ableism, all the rest of those systemic power dynamics, and that those are bad and that you're going to call them out. Okay, that's what critical consciousness means. That's what it means to be woke. It means that you understand that the world is organized according to those. It means that you understand yourself to be an agent in history who can change history. And you understand that you have a moral and ethical obligation to call out or denounce every aspect of those so-called dehumanizing forms where they exist. That's all it means. It's critical consciousness. It's not more complicated. It's not vague. It's not complicated. It's not anything else. It's very specific. So in like a minute, a minute and a quarter, we can define woke very accurately. I suggest you practice, but that's not what this podcast is about. What this podcast is about is the structure of cults, because what we're seeing also, and this is a question that comes up a lot, but it's also a thing that people are saying a lot around that debate. What is woke? What they're saying is, well, your average trans person or trans activist, I should say, not even trans person, your average trans activist or critical race theorist, you can quote Herbert Marcuse to them, or you can talk about Michel Foucault, or you could talk about Marx or Hegel, or you could talk about any of these kinds of characters, Franz Fanon, they've never heard of them. They aren't theorists. They don't understand that. They aren't playing that out. They're just doing something according to their emotions. They're doing something according to their social structure and so on. That's because they're in a cult. And that's the way that cults work. And in particular, that's the way this cult works. This cult actually gets people involved socially and morally first. You don't know the theory. You don't know who Marcusa is. You don't know who Foucault is. You don't know who Judith Butler is. You don't know who these characters are. And you don't know what they wrote, and you don't know why they wrote it, and you don't understand it if you tried to read it. But you're playing out their program, because there are people further along in the cult, more advanced than you, who do understand it, and they're the ones setting the moral paradigm that you're now operating in, that you now think is what it means to be a good person. And they are setting up the social structure around that moral paradigm that you're being trapped in, so that your friends will call you out. If you're not doing according to the theory. So you don't have to know any of the theory because you only have to know what's right and wrong according to theory without knowing a single word of it. You only have to know what the right and wrong parts are and who's going to take your side, have your back, and who's going to call you out or criticize you or struggle you when you get it wrong. And it's actually mediated mostly through two dynamics that we talked about before, which is the desire to belong and criticism or struggle. So that's another podcast. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to talk about the structure of cults. So cults are frequently structured like this in these kinds of layers. You can think of it like an onion. You can think of it like karate or jujitsu belts and martial arts. 
You can think of it like if you know about the esoteric Chinese martial arts, the internal martial arts as they call them, they are often explicit about this, although they're not necessarily cultish. Um, they have in what they call in Chinese a neijia and a waijia, and <laughs> that's fancy Chinese terminology. Neijia means inner school and waijia means outer school. So the people who are caught up morally and socially in the cult, who might not know any of the cult doctrine, are in the outer school. That's like your maybe white belts through green belts in a karate school or your white belts and blue belts in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school. Okay, so they they have the they they have the vibe of the cult or of the martial art. They want to be members. They are morally committed. They are socially committed and committing themselves. But they don't know the doctrine. They are what in cult language we would call initiates. They have been initiated into the cult, but they are not adepts. They haven't taken on and started to learn the cult. Okay, that's where you're going to have your more advanced ranks. And jujitsu would be your purple belts and your brown belts, and maybe even your black belts at the lower levels. Those people form the inner school. The people who know what the martial art means is what they say in Chinese internal martial arts. The neijia is people who, they don't just know the techniques, they know the meaning of the techniques. In other words, they know what their martial application is supposed to be, or if they believe in some kind of internal ma magical powers or whatever, they know the alleged esoteric secrets to do that. That's the inner school. Those people have studied the doctrine. And contrary to what a lot of people think or believe, if you actually pay attention, more of these, say, Antifa thugs that you're thinking are just street thugs, more of them have read Franz Fanon and Herbert Marcuse than you would possibly guess. A lot of them do know the theory. And when your kid gets sucked into this and they go off to college and they take diversity class and they get pulled into it and they decide to minor in gender studies and they have to read Judith Butler and they have to read Paulo Freire and they have to do all this, they are getting inducted into the layers of the inner school and taken out of the outer school. Those people are developing an intellectual commitment in the woke cult or the Marxist cult. And then beyond that, there's what we would call the inner circle. And the inner circle would be disciples. Disciples are beyond adepts. They're not just becoming familiar. They've wholly committed to the cult. They're the ones who actually know what's going on. In the woke cult, they're the leadership. They're the ones, they may not even believe it. Some of them do, some of them don't, but they're the ones funding it. They're the ones that have an agenda with it. Your very top level of theorists, the professors who've been doing this for a long time, might be that. They're probably at the higher level of the inner school and not welcome to the inner circle because the inner circle is where leadership is. And that's based entirely on trust. It's usually based on having blackmail on you so that you can't escape or tell the cult secrets or its real purpose. That is not a place you can usually earn your way into. That's a political rank based on cult politics. And that's where your leadership is. So that's the inner circle. That's three different kinds of layers. Outer school, they know virtually nothing about the cult, except that they need to be a part of it. Inner school, they know more about the cult. They have learned about the cult, and they uh, don't know necessarily its secrets and its purpose. And then the inner circle or leadership. In the communist structure, you have people who have decided that they're socialists. That's the outer school. You, They don't know anything about communist theory. Maybe they've never heard of Karl Marx or Lenin. Maybe they don't know any Marxist theory. 
but they want to be socialists. They are socialist committed. They have a moral and social structure that's backing them up. And then above them, you have people who have studied. And as Mao said, some of the people who commit to socialism will go on to become communists. Those are people who are either implicitly committed to communism because they've studied it. They do know Marx. They do know Lenin. They have studied it. They do know Mao. Or maybe they're explicitly members of the Communist Party. And then you have the inner circle, and that's where your party leadership is going to be. That's where your red guard is going to be. Mao's structure of identity politics was black identities, red identities, and then red guard was chosen from the red identities. So people who took on revolutionary identities, if they showed enough loyalty and enough grit, would get to be part of the red guard. That was an inner school kind of moving toward inner circle, and those people would be hand-selected to go into party structure and party leadership, the formal government apparatus, and that's the inner circle. Okay, so that's the communist structure. In woke, it's not much different. There are people who are morally committed. It's just what it means to be a good person. That's outer school. People who have studied the theory, probably in college and some now in high school. That's inner school. So you have outer school, inner school, and then there's the inner circle. They know the theory, or at least they know what it can be done with it, whether they believe it or not, and they are the ones driving the agenda. Now, I, I want to come back and point out that this is that unity, criticism, unity cycle that we talked about in a recent podcast from Mao Zedong, because the desire for unity is what you are cultivating, that sense of wanting to belong, that inclusion. Those are the words we hear today. That's what you have in the outer school. Those people know implicitly or tacitly what it means to be a belonging, inclusive environment. They don't have to read a word of theory. Okay, that's the outer school. And those people will bully you and they will struggle you and they'll carry on. But they're being directed and they're being brought into it by people who are in the inner school. Other members of the outer school may bring them toward the cult, but members of the inner school have to progress past criticism and, sorry, past desire for unity and the beginnings of criticism and struggle. They have to not only be struggled into moral commitment and social commitment to the, the cult, they have to begin the process of study. They have to study the doctrine. So when you go to a DEI training, that's what's happening. They're forcing you to feel guilt and shame. You're complicit in racism. You're complicit in homophobia. That's outer school cult induction. If you morally and socially commit, if you morally commit and then the social structure in the office takes up the DEI ethos or the DEI attitude, pathos and ethos really, then they will conform you to that. And then what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to do the work. And what's the work? The work is a combination of reading the literature and doing activism, including struggling people who are less further along, criticizing and self-criticizing. As Robin D'Angelo put it, she's the author of White Fragility. That's often one of the introductory texts to the work that you have to do, the study, the shui shi in Chinese that you have to do. As she put it, it's a lifelong commitment to an ongoing process of self-reflection, self-critique, and social activism. And so that's the other piece. You also convict yourself through activism. You do the work. So you study, you learn, you teach others or bully others with it, and you do activism, which those are overlapping categories. And then only the loyal will ever move into the inner circle, this is a secret cabal that gets to pull the strings. So your average activist on the street, your average woke neighbor or son or daughter or cousin who, or friend who's a pain in your butt, 
They don't have to know the theory to be part of the cult, but that doesn't mean that the cult doesn't have a theory. And that theory is transmitted by consultants, professors, teachers, and further people, students who got more interested, if you will, adepts who got further along in the program, and that they are using both um, instructional moments, teaching moments, and they are using bullying like struggle sessions and criticism to elevate people in the cult. This is where Paulo Ferreri, for example, in his so-called dialogical model of education, says that teachers and students are as equals. That's inner school and outer school. The teachers are the inner school people. The administrators who are bought into the Ferrarian system and the consultants are going to be the inner circle that are driving it. They are the inner school people. And those people are facilitators of the correct understanding to the people below them in the outer school. So they aren't exactly equal. They're part of the same community. They're part of the same school. But there's an outer school and an inner school. And the inner school acts as facilitators. And what do they facilitate? They facilitate the theory. They're teaching the Fanonian, so Franz Fanon's violent revolutionary uh, rejection of, of colonialism, which can mean anything, basically. Uh, anything Western civilization is colonial, so it has to be violently destroyed. They're teaching Marcusa. They're teaching how to engage in repressive tolerance. They're teaching people how their 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 latent or systemic or complicity in racism prevents the sense of belonging that could be in a truly anti-racist environment. They do know the theory. The theory does matter. It does direct them. And so, like I said, the structure of a cult is at least it's, it's in three big picture layers, and each of those layers might have smaller layers. There's an outer school, and with woke and communism, those are people who are morally committed and socially trapped. They think it means what it, what it is to be a good person, and their social circle depends on it. Then there's the inner school who have begun to quote-unquote do the work. They've studied. They've read They've gone and read the books. They've read the authors like they've been told to. They've learned some of this. They can regurgitate it. They are becoming anti-racists. They aren't committed to the idea of anti-racism. They are becoming anti-racists. They aren't necessarily uh, just interested in inclusion or believe in inclusion. They are inclusive. They are experts in diversity. These are the kinds of things that are happening at the inner school level. And by goodness, they know the theory and the theory matters and they are directing everybody below them in the cult. And then above that is the inner circle. That's who's paying for it in, in short. That's the party leaders. Maybe the highest level theorists and consultants in a general situation are going to be inner circle, but for the most part, it's the people cutting the checks. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Does Bill and Melinda, do they believe in woke theory? I doubt it. I seriously doubt it, but they're cutting the checks. And that's just one example. We don't have to name all these names. We all know the litany of names. We can blame the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund. We can just go down the list of, of people to blame the CCP. Why not throw them on there? Uh, George Soros, of course. All these people that are cutting the checks, Ford Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, that's the inner circle. And in my guess, you probably have to go to an island to be and do some compromising things and a blackmail on you to be in the inner circle. You don't just get to be in there. You don't work your way up. It's not like that. It's a cult. It has a defined structure. But the key point here is that just because the pers average person in the outer school can't identify the contours of the theory, hasn't read the core theorists, maybe can't even understand them, does not mean that they're not acting out those people's vision and philosophy. They don't have to have read it. Your average layperson 
in a Christian congregation does not have to have read very much theology or even the Bible to be a Christian. Your average wokey doesn't have to have read these things. But that doesn't mean they're not there. It doesn't mean they don't matter. And it doesn't mean that the people above them in the structure haven't read them. I'm not saying that Christianity is a cult. I did not say that. I'm using it as an analogy. Please don't get confused. So there's a definite structure, cult structure. This is typical in almost all cults. In the woke cult, this is how it works. Your moral and social commitment are at the outer school. Your intellectual commitment After those things have become very concrete, you gain an intellectual commitment through study. Then you become a a transmitter and creator of more of the theory. And then when your loyalty and blackmail are good enough, then guaranteed you might get invited to join the inner circle if you're useful enough. Those are three distinct types of layers. So it's a cult. Cult has a structure. The structure is comprehensible. And everybody's playing along by the theory or guiding the theory or using the theory so the theory matters.